0: and science of parenting teenagers. I'm your host, Andy Earl. We're here today with Maya Korbick talking about how to teach your teens investing. Interestingly, money is a topic that is often harder for parents to talk about even than sex. Something about money is really difficult to discuss, and especially for kids and teenagers, investing often feels like something that's not really on their radar, it feels unattainable, how do you introduce them to the ideas of investing and really get them started in their relationship with money in a positive way? Maya is the author of From Piggy Banks to Stocks, The Ultimate Guide for a Young Investor. She has created a thriving community online of families who are all devoted to the idea of teaching their kids about investing. She's built a huge platform on social media and also a whole series of resources for parents and kids to learn more about how investing works and to get started themselves. Really, really excited to speak to Maya today about all that and a whole lot more. Maya, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: My pleasure. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, This is, I think, going to be really an interesting conversation. I've got this book of yours, From Piggy Banks to Stocks, The Ultimate Guide for a young investor, tell me about this. Where did this originate? How did you get into being kind of an expert on this topic?
1: I am actually originally from Bosnia. I immigrated uh, because of the war in Bosnia and I immigrated with my two parents and a, and a brother uh, with two suitcases and $50. We lost everything in the war. I lived in government shelters, government housing. I had two part time jobs when I was a teenager, you know, kind of had to pay for my school supplies, bus tickets, and whatnot. And then I worked really hard to become a CPA. Now, when I was a CPA, I had a lot of clients that were struggling with money, and some of them had six-figure income. And I remember thinking, how is it possible that these people make so much money, yet they're struggling with it? And then I realized that it really had to do with them never being taught how to properly manage money. Um, And uh, at that time, actually, I was 32 years old. I had two children, or I have two children, but at the time, my children were six and uh, four years old. And also at that time, when I was 32, My husband and I ended up paying $60,000 of our student loans and car loans, and we ended up paying off our mortgage. So we were debt free. So it was a huge accomplishment. And I realized that I didn't really have to work. I didn't really have to do nine to five anymore. So I uh, decided that I wanted to do something else with my life. And that was really to help people become better with money. And I realized that the best way to do that is to teach kids. So I started experimenting on my own kids, kind of trying to see what works, what doesn't. And this was 11 years ago. I actually started because of what I was doing with my own kids. Other parents started asking me to help them. And very soon I was doing workshops in schools. But then COVID happened and I couldn't do that anymore. So I started expanding my business more online. So I do a lot of like online workshops for schools, but it's been 11 years that I've been doing that and teaching our kids how to save money, how to spend it smartly or budget is all great. One thing that everybody struggles with and one thing that everyone is intimidated, I won't say everyone, but most people are intimidated with is investing in order to grow our wealth, we need to learn how to invest because when we invest, our money is working for us. So we could be sleeping, we could be on the beach, but the money is doing all the heavy lifting of the wealth creation. My goal with this book was to simplify investing in with a language that a 10-year-old can understand with lots of pictures. Uh, it's super easy. So when I was testing this book, I had families go through it and it was actually parents that came to me and said, thank you, I finally understand the stock market, I understand investing, it's not as crazy intimidating as I thought it was.
0: feels like unattainable or something you think about investing it's something really rich people do it's something old, old people do it doesn't even feel like a, as a kid or as a teenager like that's that's something that i could be doing i think for for a lot of kids it's really just not even on your radar what what i mean how, how do you how do you even kind of just plant the seed or get the get the idea to kind of start it in their mind that that that's something that that they could be doing.
1: A lot of times when we teach kids about money, we teach them to spend less, right? And we're focusing on that consumerism. But with investing, we can actually teach our kids that they don't necessarily need to just be consumers, they can be investors and owners. When you're an investor, you essentially own the business that you're investing in. So for example. Uh, And I'm just giving like the companies that I'm going to mention, these are by no means uh, suggestions of, you know, what you should be investing
0: in. This is not advice. (laughs) That's right.
1: Not investment advice. Exactly. Um, It's more like just to give you an idea. So most kids have iPhones or cell phones, right? So, some of them have Apple watches, some of them have iPads. So, instead of just being consumers and using these products, they can invest in Apple, right? They can own a piece of Apple. Same thing with Disney. My kids, when they were little, one thing we used to do with them is that for every birthday and every Christmas, we would actually, in addition to like a gift, whatever, we would buy them a share of a company that they knew and they understood. So they felt proud that they were owners of Disney. <laughs> they didn't own a lot of it, but they owned some of it, right? Um, so every time they you know, paid for uh, like a, a plush toy from a Disney store, they're kind of like, okay, well, I guess I'm earning a little bit of that money back. <laughs> it's just like switching the mindset. It's thinking about it a little bit differently.
0: What a great gift to give kids ownership and something that will they can hold on to and start kind of growing it because also just kind of, yeah, I think it changes your attitude or changes your mindset. And and it's it's a lot more than just a, a piece of paper or a share. It's like it's thinking in a whole different way. It's oh, yeah, now I'm I'm. I'm an owner. Yeah, I'm an investor. Um, it's like an identity that you're giving to them. It's really powerful.
1: Yeah. And I think what I would like to do with this book is kind of shake up the original way we used to think about investing. Like what you just mentioned right now, change mindsets. I really would love for everybody to start thinking about investing differently. Investing is for all of us. You don't need to be rich. You don't need to be older. You don't need to have a lot of money. And I want to remove the taboo when a lot of us don't feel comfortable talking about money. I want us to talk about it and and feel comfortable with it because we can learn from each other when we talk about money, when we have these kinds of conversations.
0: What are kind of some of the biggest challenges in sort of, Uh, getting kids started with investing?
1: I think it's finding that language that's appropriate. So we need to talk to them at a level that they understand. So I usually like to tell parents is that I, if I'm talking to, let's say a 10 year old, I try to explain something. Uh, I pretend that I'm a 10 year old and that's kind of how I explain things. And I don't, go into details too much because sometimes they don't want the details. Um, and also one thing parents need to realize when they, they're they teaching their kids about money, just because you explain something once, it doesn't mean that they got it. Um, you will have to repeat it over and over again. I like to compare it to personal hygiene. When they come inside the house, you tell them, wash your hands, wash your hands. Like you keep repeating that for, I don't even know how many years. And at some point in time, they finally start doing it on their own. So this is this is kind of the same thing. You start off and you don't give them too much information. Like you just give them enough information that keeps them interested. If they ask questions, you can answer them, but leave it at that. And then next time there is an opportunity uh, for you to, come in, I guess, everyday uh, opportunities, life opportunities to talk to your kids about money, about investing. You don't need to create any special lessons. Um, it's just, we're making it part of everyday life.
0: What are you think like are some of the key concepts that kids need to understand kind of before they're ready to start investing? Or is there sort of like some groundwork that you need to lay or some foundational kind of teachings that you need to go through?
1: Oh, absolutely. I actually recommend that we start teaching kids about money earlier. And there are some money lessons that they need to learn ahead of time. So for example, with let's say when the child is four or five year old you can start teaching them about the difference between needs and wants. I've I've taught this to kindergartens. Uh, unfortunately, some adults struggle with this. <laughs> but uh, kids at that age, they're very uh, smart. And they can understand that needs are things we need for survival. Wants are things we don't need for survival, but are nice to have. Um, and we spend our money on needs first. And if there's any left over, we will spend it on wants. And kids are really smart that way. So they get that. I also recommend that you think about whether or not you want to implement allowance. Uh, allowance is essentially a tool. It's not a gift that usually people think it's a gift. It, essentially with the allowance, you're transferring the purchasing responsibility from you onto them. So now they're the ones deciding whether or not they should get that toy or candy. Um, and they can learn a lot of good lessons with allowance, how to save money, how to donate it, how to spend it smartly. And there's a lot of these lessons that we need to go through first before we start really talking about investing. Um, While these lessons are happening, simultaneously, you can invest on behalf of your child. But when you invest on behalf of a four-year-old and you buy them a share of Disney, they may not necessarily clue in until like much later on. But nevertheless, I still encourage parents to do this, to invest on behalf of their kids if they can afford
0: Is it pretty just obvious or easy to explain just the idea of owning a stock or owning a, a piece of a company and and like that 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 is going to go up in value or how 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 that works or i mean just i guess simple things like interest or how the i guess just the idea of how your money can be working for you is kind of yeah it seems it seems basic but i think as a kid it's like kind of a foreign concept like how what do you mean how could it be working for me when it's not when i'm not doing anything I don't don't get it.
1: I mean, one thing that I uh, did with my children when they were little before we started, I mean, I was investing in... In, in stock market on their behalf. But before I actually really started teaching them about stocks, um, some of the savings that they had, we invested in term deposits. Uh, we went to the bank and uh, they actually, before that, they had a save, they had savings account. And I did this first with my son because he was older. And I showed him the statement account from his uh, savings account. And I didn't go into details because these things can be very complicated. But I just said, look, this is how much money you had. And I, I think maybe he had $1,000. I can't remember now. It's been a while. But I said, okay, based on this money, this is how much interest you got. And it was something ridiculous. It was like 60 cents for the whole year. Um, now the interest rates are a little bit better. So now maybe it would be a little bit more. But I was like, I was explaining to him, I said, listen, if you actually put this money into a term deposit, which is very safe. It's not stock market. There is a guaranteed amount that you're going to get back. That's what we did. And the way I explained that to him, it's basically, I said, it's kind of like you're lending money to the bank. And I think he was maybe eight or nine. And at that point in time, he understood what lending or borrowing meant. So I, I used examples from his life, like, you know, you would, a friend would borrow a toy from you, and then a friend would return the toy to you when they're done playing with it but in this case the bank is borrowing money and because the bank is using that money so that they can operate and they can make more money they want to reward you so they will give you a little bit of extra money and that's called interest okay that money that you earn is just because you let you bought you let uh, the bank borrow your money well he understood that and i believe that we made I think in that first year, maybe we made $60 on that 1000 which still wasn't much, right?
0: Better than $0.60. Cents, so.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then I said, now you can make even more money if you invest in the stock market, but it can be risky. There's a chance of you losing money. So we have to pick investments that align with your goals um, and your risk profile so that you, know, you can earn more money. I, with, I guess, stock market investments, I was just start trying to tell them that at this point in time, now we're not lending money to the bank. We are actually lending money to the companies. Like we're giving this money and we're buying basically a piece of, a company. So in the book, actually, there is an example where a kid starts a lemonade stand and he's doing really well, and he wants to expand that business. So in order to expand that business, he needs capital, he needs to buy more drugs, he needs to buy more lemons, more sugar, but he doesn't have money. And these other kids actually in the book say, okay, you can, we'll be your investors, we'll give you some of our saved money, but we want some of the profits later on. So essentially, that's really what investing is. A lot of times people think that investing is gambling, but every time we invest, we're essentially betting on that company that we're investing in. We're betting on that business. And I always tell people that they should not be investing in companies they don't understand. If you don't understand what you're investing in, if you don't understand the business and how it operates, you should not be investing in it.
0: When I was a kid, I used to do a lot of yard work. You know, we had this little neighborhood that we lived in. We'd go around to our neighbors. And we'd pass out flyers. Uh, my brother and I would have this little kind of yard working business, and we could do you know, mow people's lawns or weed their gardens and stuff like that. I was talking to a friend recently, and he did something similar. But but what he did is he saved up a bunch of money and he bought his own lawnmower, and then he started you know, getting clients to to be a part of his lawn mowing business and hiring his friends to use his lawnmower to go mow the lawn and now all of a sudden he's making money when he's not doing the work uh, and and he that's because he owns the means of production he he's he made he invested in buying this lawnmower that was, was allowed him to to scale his business beyond just selling his time for money which i never got to that point and, and i think it's yeah it's like uh just really a, a, such a powerful idea that he learned from such an early age by just thinking about something that he was already doing, something that I was already doing that I I could have thought about, but but I but I didn't. I never made that connection that hey, I could actually kind of grow this business if I if I invest a little bit of money into it. I think yeah, there's, there's so many different different ways that we can kind of help help kids understand how investing works and how they could be yeah, investing in even just little little businesses among their friends or things like that too.
1: Right. And that's what you're talking about is passive income. And I'm really passionate about teaching kids how to earn passive income. So that's the same as you. I did not learn about it. I only learned about it much, much later on in life. I wish about that. I learned it earlier because it's all about setting up systems to work for you and you can be on vacation, you can be sleeping, you can be doing whatever you want, but you were the one that set up the system and Essentially, you are employing people, you're giving jobs, and you're getting rewarded for it. Um, So I think it's absolutely wonderful what your friend figured out. And I'm trying to teach as many young kids about just to, again, it's the mindset, it's the the mindset shift. Um, I'm trying to teach as many young people to think that way.
0: Yeah, once you get that, then you can just start to see so many more possibilities of all of a sudden, it's like, wow, there's investment opportunities everywhere.
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly.
0: Jim Rohn talks about teaching kids to have two bikes, one to ride and one to rent. <laughs> How long does it take before you uh, make your money back? Yeah, I love that. What, uh, what, anything that we need to kind of warn them about? You mentioned kind of um, with your son talking about, hey, the what, what's your risk level? Or uh, that seems like also uh, maybe a little bit of a difficult concept to grasp or something. It's like, well, I want to whatever one's going to make me the most money. <laughs> I want the, I want the best. the the, the highest one. Um, But but of course, with higher potential return is going to also come a higher possibility that you could not not return anything.
1: Right. So I think it's, I'm glad that you brought this up because um, very often I get questions, especially on my Instagram platform from a lot of my followers, oh, what should I invest in? And it's a fully loaded question because if you hear somebody telling you, I think you should invest in A, B, C, D stock, run the opposite way. Because deciding what you or your child should be investing in uh, really depends on so many different factors. And it's these are not really difficult to determine. It's just that. Everyone's portfolio, investment portfolio should be different. Um, It should depend on your goals. So what are your goals? Like, are they long-term or are they short-term? Because if you're investing for short-term, you may not want to invest in something risky. You may indeed invest in some term deposits, perhaps a bond. Yes, maybe no. I don't know. Depends on how soon you want to reach your goal. Like if you are planning to use the money a year from now, maybe a term deposit is just a better way to go. But if you're thinking of, if you're investing for something that's long-term, like from goal that you want to accomplish 10 years from now or even longer, then there are different investment vehicles that people can be investing in. And one of them that I, or actually two of them that I found out much later on in life, again, this is one of those things that I wish I learned about earlier. They're called index funds and ETFs. And I love them because they provide immediate diversification and they also have very low fees. Again, there there are many different ones out there. You just have to pick the one that's right for you. Um, But with these, as long as you're educated about investing, you really don't even need a financial advisor. Not to say that doesn't mean that financial advisors are bad, like financial advisors are good, especially if you have the right one, they're giving you the right rate of return, they're following up with you, they have experience. But sometimes people get burned by financial advisors. And then there's things to look at, such as your risk profile. We don't all tolerate the risk the same way. There are a lot of free questionnaires online, you can just Google them, Uh, you can just type in a free investment risk profile questionnaire. And you can use any one of them. They're usually uh, on the websites of these the big investment firms like Vanguard or Fidelity, and you can do them for free. And then you will know, okay, am I a medium risk? Am I high risk, low risk? And that can actually help you figure out what kind of investments you should be choosing. And then the last thing is, depending on what it is that you are investing for, um, you may also choose a different type of account. For children, you have different accounts, you do have the 529 plan, which where you can actually invest money and it's invested for your child's education. Then there is a, a custodial Roth IRA you can invest money in there but the money has to be earned by the child so there's a lot i mean we could talk about this but there's so much to be said about that and then there's utma and ugma accounts so the reason why i'm mentioning all this um, is that when you decide to invest you also have to choose okay what am i investing for and which of these accounts is the best account for me to invest in and if you're from a different country I'm sure like I'm from Canada. So in Canada, we have different accounts. We have RESP account or we have interest custodial account. So we will be choosing one of those. So a lot of it goes into deciding how to invest, what to invest in. So if somebody just tells you, go invest into this stock, buy it. It's, a lot of times people will go and buy um, because everybody wants to get rich quickly. I And that's possible, it's rare, but I'm more in like get rich slowly and certainly theme.
0: <laughs> we're here today with Maya Korbick talking about how to teach your teen to be an investor. And we're not done yet. Here's a look at what's coming up in the second half of the show.
1: When you save your money, the money is really used by the bank. The bank is investing that money. So why don't you invest that money and earn money, right? Earn more money than whatever the bank is giving you on your savings account, because that money is being used by someone and that someone is the bank. Investing is not difficult. It does require a little bit of effort, but it's not that hard. But Whatever you do, I think you still have to get educated because even if you have an advisor, you want to be educated enough to ask intelligent questions because you don't want to just hand over your money to someone. You don't know what they're doing with your money. And also, you want to understand what kind of fees they're going to be charging you. By the time they're teenagers, they really need to start investing more, they're fully capable at that point to understand how stock market works and they can actually um, understand it. When it comes to opening up accounts, one thing I would suggest for anyone is if this is your first time investing and you don't know what you're doing and you're just learning, do not invest large sums of money.
0: Want to hear the full episode? Head over to talkingtoteens.com slash register for a free trial of our premium podcast you get exclusive access to loads of great content with no obligation and your membership supports the work we do here at talking to teens get started today with a free trial over at talking to slash register thanks for listening we'll see you next week